Craft Beer Radio, episode 460. Now introducing Jeff Bear and Greg Weiss. It's a beautiful day at the ballpark here, Greg. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. Opening day. Oh. A baseball classic song on the internet. Yes. This is the Simpsons softball song uh, from what that, uh, you know, it's a great episode. Early episode, of course, because who watches The Simpsons anymore, right? Okay. What do we have? We have uh, some like interesting Three stuff. beers that I picked up at VE. Mm-hmm. One beer from a listener and two from Damien. Okay. Well, let's start with the Belgian table beer. Yes, I saw that on the draft list. Uh, so Damien's a co-worker of mine and a friend of Greg. Um, remember when Megan was on the show? It's her husband. And um, he was at field work in Berkeley, California. They're like, hey, you want anything? I'm like, absolutely. So Althea is a Belgian table beer. All right. So let me get the notes on this one. I have to go all the way, scroll all the way up to the top. So 4% alcohol by volume. It's Belma Hops. Uh, Belgian yeast. Uh, yeah. Belgian table beer. So similar to um, the Petit Prince is, is the example that comes to mind when I think of a table beer. Yeah, so we're at 4% alcohol by volume. This was filled on 315. It's a crowler. Should still be in good shape. So by the way, we're, we're doing this in Studio B. Uh, Megan was... Hopefully supposed to show up tonight. Unfortunately, she couldn't make it, but here we are. That's why it may sound a little bit different. All right, so this guy pours a hazy gold with a light head. The aroma is is really engaging. You're getting two things. You're getting kind of that um, Belgian pale malt where you get you know a little bit of bready cracker. It has some esters in there as well, but then you get uh, like this nice continental hopping, kind of a spicy zing on the nose as well. I agree. Pretty hefty body for you know four percent. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, it's A little has a little bit of wheat tang. The hopping is definitely sort of content a little spicy. Um, it's it's kind of strongly hopped for a table. Beer. It is. I, I I figured it would be based off the aroma. The body is full. It doesn't seem watery and thin. So it, it's definitely a uh, big, um, full table beer. So. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're worried that you're drinking a oh, Belgian table beer, it's going to be kind of watery and thin, leave me wanting. This one brings flavor and it brings the body as well. Uh, so yeah, there's sort of a weedy tang. It almost tastes a little bit like there's this a rye there. Um, but that could be just the spiciness of the hops. There's a lot of hop going on here. I think there's some um, phenols too from the fermentation. There's something that, yeah, it's a little bit... A little bit peppery, a little bit licorice or something like that. There's some like strawberry esters in there. Um, 
Essentially, it strikes me as really like like really bitter. The, the aftertaste, especially. Yeah, is, it, it is. I was just going to say that it seems like the hops might be kind of smashing the lively Belgian character mm-hmm. just a little bit. Yeah, worry about that overpowering the rest of the beer. I'm going to try to turn on your gain a little bit to your very swallowy in Studio B here. So <laughs> try to get that to pick up a little bit less. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's different. Not what I was expecting. Mm-hmm. And the way the hops are just sort of laying on me is less appealing than I expected this to be. I thought this was going to be like a, a pretty much a home run. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what if you look at it like a session IPA? Would you like it any different? Um, then it's got this weird Belgian quality. Yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. Okay, Table Belgio IPA. <laughs> table Sessio Belgio IPA? Mm-hmm. Session Belgian IPA. Okay. Uh, if I look at it from the, that it's still perspective... A little, it's still a little bitter. It's still, it's still a little over bitter, um, but it may make more sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just don't expect the table beer to... to to overwhelm my senses. That's sort of the whole the whole point is to not. Right. All right. That was the Fieldwork Althea. We have another, uh, what, 28 ounces of that. <laughs> and no way to seal it. <laughs> That's true. And I got that growler. <laughs> Dumb. Okay. All right. Let's do that North High. North High... This is uh, Heffa. This I think you picked up at... Yeah, it's another VE beer. I'm going to take the can and I'm going to put it on site. I'm going to roll it to rouse the yeast. So Interesting I'm rolling idea. it back and forth gently. 9 IBU, hopped with Northern Brewer. The malts that I use are Pilsen, White Wheat, and Munich. I remember Rubio from the beer is telling me, you know, uh, Live Oak in Austin makes a great Hefeweizen. And they actually like would like their retailers to put the cans on the shelf upside down. Interesting. They were uh, Ruby was telling a story where they were considering printing the labels on the cans upside down, so the retailers would put them that way because they want the they want no, they want the, the yeast to be a part. I mean, it's a hefe yeah. mit. You know, hefe means with hefe bites and means with yeast. Yeah. Uh, it's an interesting idea. You couldn't, you know. Store bottles upside down easily, but cans you could. That's a that's a good point. It's definitely like yeah, crystally looking. Yeah. So I'll, I'll give it a good swirl here, yeah. see if we can get some more of the yeast out of it, or if it. That's there, yeah, yeah, that looks better. Yeah. So everyone who has cans of hefeweizen, put in your fridge. Put them upside down. Until drinking time. Alright, so this one is about the same color and clarity as the table beer. So it's pretty hazy. um, And a light gold again. Thin head. It looks exactly like the last beer. Smells very different from the last beer. As you would expect. 
first I was smelling kind of banana, but now I'm really getting a lot of clove. I'm on the banana. Banana circus peanuts is kind of the main thing. And now I'm heading into the circus peanut area. Hmm. Looking for spicy, clovey, but not really getting it. Okay, it's still pretty cold. I'm going to wrap my hands around this glass. It's so weird that I taste it. oysters. <laughs> we did have some oysters before the pre-show. Yeah. As a pre-show snack. And as as luck would have it, my last oyster was rotten. <laughs> Tasted more like blue cheese than an oyster. Hopefully it doesn't make me violently ill. So you think it's oystery, huh? I, I just had, I had this weird like callback to the flavors, to the sort of the, the kind of a briny flavor. There's kind of a lemony tang in here that I wouldn't really expect. I'm not sure if I'm getting oysters. It, it's not. I mean, or I'm not. I mean, I'm not, like I said, I'm not sure I'm even getting like a vague recollection. But hey, you're allowed, man. It, it's it's weird because it's not. I wouldn't say this thing smells like oysters or tastes like oysters, but it's it's activating the area in my memory that remembers the flavor of those oysters. Yeah. So it seems to me. This has a tang to it, right? That's mm-hmm. not just like lemongrass type wheat character. There's like a bit of a lactic tang or something in here. There's something there. So you wonder if this may be kind of... It's a little... It might not be what they want in the can. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a hashtag on the bottom. How about the heifer? <laughs> and then a number... Seventeen three thirty-two. Maybe it was bottled or canned towards the end of December. So it may have gone a little like a little tangy. I'm gonna keep drinking this. It doesn't taste bad. No, it doesn't taste bad, but it feels more like Berliner Goza, but you know, like Goza doesn't have the salt or anything, right. but it has that lactic tang to it. Hmm. These guys are in Columbus, Ohio, North High Brewing. Yeah, we've done them before, right? Yeah. Yeah, I brought a couple cans of them back from the last trip. Bootlegged. Bootlegged them all across the border. <laughs> That's right. Technically illegal. The best kind of illegal. Border bleed. Yeah, I'm gonna definitely finish this. This mm-hmm. is interesting, but yeah, it's, it's more of some kind of like kettled sour heffa as opposed to, which is an interesting idea. It kind of works. It does because <laughs> you get a little bit. It, it's it's almost like adding a little bit of fruit to it, right? It it, it does mm-hmm. the work of putting a little bit of extra tang into it. It cuts into that banana thing. Like yeah. I was worried that it was going to be too banana-y, too circus peanuts from the aroma. But the tang definitely balances out the malt character. Keeps it from being that extra estery. It doesn't really character. taste super weedy, though. It doesn't have that kind of mm-hmm. um, that wheat uh, 
I don't know. I don't know really how to describe it, mm-hmm. uh, but the the I guess a fullness. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I was looking at the can, make sure they weren't saying this isn't your normal Hefeweizen, but no, they kind of say it's your normal Hefeweizen. Yeah, they 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 say it's they consider it um, like they call it sessionable German wheat beer. <clears throat> so they're, they're I mean they're going for tradition, I think, more than anything else. Okay, so we can go with the farmhouse. Well, actually, let's go with the platform here. Okay. I'm interested in this one. This one you also got in VE. Uh, this is part of uh, a series that the platform is doing, uh, which seem to be single hop session IPAs. Uh, this is called The Project. This is their Calypso hop with lime zest. I'm guessing Calypso has its name because it is probably citrusy or tropical or something like that, you would think, right? Uh... Well, I know Calypso is the name of Jacques Cousteau's boat. <laughs> uh, Calypso is also in Greek mythology, uh, a nymph who lived on an island. Okay. Okay. I thought it was like a kind of Caribbean music as well. Oh, yes. I think you're right. Okay. So I'm thinking like drinking out of a coconut on the beach type thing when I hear Calypso. And another beer that looks exactly the same. It's, this one's a little bit darker gold, but it has the same level of haze to it. This one has more head, the head sticking around longer. So Calypso has, according to this, because this is not a hop that I'm really used to, um, they call it a dual purpose with floral, aroma, uh, dried apple, pear, and citrus. Okay. This was canned on January 30th. This is more orangey than the other ones, I think, in terms of like the colors I'm mm-hmm. So it's not as, as pale. Ooh. Wow. Has, has kind of the more traditional like East Coast style IPA. Not, nor- not Northeast or hazy, but you know the maltiness. You're getting a big malt on the nose. It's a big creamsicle aroma coming from yeah. this. Oh, yeah. There's a, nice, there's a nice citrus coming off of it as well. But it has that malt backing it up as well. Ooh. Actually, if I was like just smelling this and not knowing, I would have thinking this was like like a ninety minute double IPA type thing. It's a remarkably kind of berry like flavor. I'm getting almost blueberries mm-hmm. and um, and a little bit of cherry. Those come late in the flavor. Right up front, maybe it's that lime zest. Maybe there's you know other citrus flavors. You get those first, but then as the beer is kind of rolling across your palate, you do get these really neat berry flavors, and then there's this kind of creaminess to the whole beer as well. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like a strawberries and cream or something like that. It's laying down a little bitter at the end, though. It, it's it's not finishing as dry as I might have wanted, and it gets. Uh, I mean, session IPAs tend to be kind of bitter mm-hmm. at the end. Um, this is no exception. 
This is interesting. I mean, I, I'm a big fan of platform. Mm-hmm. You know, I get them any chance I can when I'm over in Ohio. And they seldom disappoint. And this is another one where the most interesting part for me is that kind of that berries and cream yeah. type flavor on the end. It's just you can kind of dig into that. You're like, that is different. For that's that's different IPA. and that's new. And that's something that that we're kind of champions of, right? I mean, like the the idea of, of criticism is is essentially fun mm-hmm. but it's also the ability to point out when something is new and when something is captivating in that sense there's something about this hop or at least the way this is used that is very new and very different um like i said not sure that i like the end as much it, it, it feels like it, it it finishes a bit too bitter for me but man the most of the ride is a lot of fun yeah, I don't see so where I would classify the bitterness is kind of you know what you'd expect in the phase twos, you know, before the bitterness got less apparently yeah. bitter, and now that we're so used to things that don't come across as bitter, that it's almost like you know we we went to the mountain and we achieved maximum <laughs> IBU bitterness, and now that we're like being weaned from the maximum ibu bitterness and then we get something like this we're like oh it's such a bitter finish but well the problem for me is that there's all these really almost like really luscious fruit flavors that i want Mm -hmm. to keep exploring but then the bitterness cuts that off yeah so it's um it 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 effectively lowers my appreciation of the beer i wonder if any of that's the lime zest because that bitterness is accompanied with the pithiness as well and the zest shouldn't be too much of the... It's not like they use lime peel. Right. Right, it's just zest, so there shouldn't be too much of the pithy part. Do you notice where the lime is really playing in here? Is it I think, like or? you said, it's right at the front. You get this sort of citrusy note. Uh, at least that's where mm-hmm. I'm getting most of, of what I detect from the lime zest. Um, I, I love that middle, but then it... Mm-hmm. it yeah... Still a neat beer. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Hey, there's a baby elephant over there. It's walking. Where's well, it going? It's another one. It's holding its tail with its trunk. How cute. Oh, and look, it's holding up a sign. Oh, what's that say? Craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. Yeah. Wonder what that means. Maybe I should go. You should go there. If I go to... Ew, it looks like Amazon. I should buy like $10,000 worth of things. That's what I will do. I'll do that right now. Well, it doesn't help because your like account has been like blacklisted as a member of Craft Beer Radio. But if someone else did this, spent $10,000 at craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. You haven't been identified as a member of Craft Beer Radio, so you won't... You won't go too high on the uh, Showcase Showdown and... Uh, you can help us out. Yeah, it's it's just a, it's a cool way to help us out. You get what you want from Amazon, and some of that money doesn't cost you a penny more, and we get like six six and a half percent. Do 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 do. Okay. 
Okay, so that means we're down to the final two beers. I don't know. We got three more beers. We have three more beers. The big cans are confusing. The crawlers confuse me. You want to do that one? Okay. That means we're going to have like a 64 ounces of field work to finish in the post show. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess I'll stay here because it's going to be hard for you to take them home in these cans. Yeah. I can pour them into I have some extra growlers. I can pour oh. them into them. Yeah. Maybe you, know, you can have one. I can have one mm-hmm. tomorrow before it goes completely flat. And. No, oh, one second. Okay, this one's textbook. It's the uh, it's another farmhouse style ale from Fieldwork. So textbook is they call it a modern farmhouse ale at six percent. Hops are East Kent Golding and Styrian Golding, Pilsner Base Malt. Uh, is designed to be paired perfectly with a Michelin star dinner. Ooh. But if you're anything like us, you'll likely be enjoying a few tulips with some pizza and friends. Or oysters. <laughs> uh, clear, very Crystal clear. Crystal clear, yes. This one is kind of the light gold. Head evaporated pretty quickly. I got a couple little islands of foam on the top of the beer. Hmm. Kind of a champagne yeast. Yeah, so the aroma, this one has a tighter aroma. It's not just bursting out of the glass. You have to go looking for it. It smells almost a little corn like. Mm hmm. But it also smells dry. There's a little bit of. Uh... Probably a vinousness, like a grape stem or something like that. You know, it kind of reminds me a bit of a Kolsch aroma. I can see that, yeah. And then I think, you know, there's a little bit of kind of like straw-like phenolics, you know, that we get off, you know, we expect in a farmhouse. Very dry. Very, very champagne-like in terms of what it's giving you, because it really... Cuts, uh, cuts out the flavor after a little bit. It's it's a little sweet up front, a little a little kind of flowery, a little um, potpourri like, um, with a kind of Belgian estuarine note, and then it just kind of dries up. What do you think about the proposition that these cans were labeled backwards? This one feels like a Belgian table beer to me. <laughs> uh, I, just, I doubt it. Okay. Um, this feels like higher alcohol beer, first of all. Okay. I can. I feel like I can taste a little bit of the um, um, viscosity from the higher alcohol at six percent. Think about how full that other one was. Right, but what's, what's the hops in this one? Steering East Kent and Steering Golding. Okay. 
the notes about the yeast are are on point. I okay. mean, they talk about it being okay. dry. They talk about it being okay. champagne like. All right. Um, All right. I mean, that's probably right. But when yeah. I'm drinking this one, it has it's dry, light body, and it has the flavors that kind of I would expect in a table beer. It's yeah. it's softer, right? It, yeah, it's, it's, soft. it's it's a it's a lighter touch. Uh, the, the table beer was extremely expressive, uh, and this is is lighter, which is yeah, not what you're used mm-hmm. to. But at the same time, the description that they're just de- what they're describing here makes sense for this beer. Okay, so I doubt it. All right. Yeah. So this one is um, this one's a good drinker. Mm-hmm. It's it's. This is one you have to go in and pull out the adjectives in the description. Well, they right? describe this as, as yeast driven, and I yeah. think that's true. This yeah, is... for me, for me, like I'm drinking this, but like the 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 description isn't forthcoming. Like, like what am I tasting? Mm-hmm. And then I have to go work and pull this out. It's light floral bits. It's uh, it's it's really the the character of the carbonation, uh, the floralness. And then this real dryness to that kind of yeah it 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 just it 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 comes off the like all the bitter stuff lays on your tongue and this one just comes yeah. right off. This one comes off. I do like you know for me on the malts I'm getting like kind of the wheat character the most, and then when it rolls into that clean fermentation, it just kind of just evaporates. It goes mm-hmm. away. It doesn't stick on your tongue. And uh, the bitterness is seems pretty low on this. Like you know, there's nothing that's really hanging around. It just has enough to balance it. And while this isn't really coming across what I think of a saison, I expect a saison to have probably a little bit more ester profile to it. Well, they call it a modern farmhouse, yeah. not a saison. Right, I understand that. But again, what what else? Yeah, I need a benchmark, and then sure. I, need to, I need to pace out from the benchmark. So saison. But be, go back to a cleaner fermentation, but with some of that, you know, there's a there's a little bit of esters coming off of it, but they're. Let me take another sip. It's a little bit clover pear or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really subtle. It's a lot. It's, more it's almost like it's almost like canned pears, you know. As opposed to so so sort of a condensed sweetness to it. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, it's kind of like that the pear flavor you get out of canned pears as opposed to a fresh pear, which is kind of the opposite of when I usually use pear in my vocabulary. It's usually almost always like a fresh Bartlett or something like Mm -hmm. that. Um, I really like this. It's good. I I mean, it's funny. It's because I can't find a ton to say. But the beer speaks for itself. You know, this is one where it's just like, yes, this is a understated, well put together farmhouse ale. Mm-hmm. I, I I think I really appreciate the dryness compared to the rest of the beers we've had so far because these have tended to be either like a little bit sour or over bitter, and here we have a nice dry one that just is right. getting out of the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, this one just you drink it, it goes away. Drink more of it, it gives you the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's not really 
it's not telling a story. It's not developing. It's just giving you what it gives you. It's giving you a nice and... little a little melody. Mm-hmm. This is textbook from Fieldwork. We're gonna be drinking you in a little bit, buddy. <laughs> All right, let's go back to Ohio. This is a brewery that we've never had before. Kindred Hodad or Hodad IPA. Hodad. Uh, this is just just an IPA. Seven point five percent alcohol volume, eighty IBU. Uh, don't have any other really information about it. Their Kindred is in Columbus. They have uh, the craft. Uh, they have the independent label. So does Platform. A little uh, upside down. One of the beers we didn't talk about that. One of the beers we had last week had a different independent label. Really? Yeah, it had like a kind of isometric projection of a corner of a a factory with smokestacks, and it said independent. Why would you say independent and put a factory? Because it's a brewery. Uh, to me, it looked like it was an isometric projection of a square building with smokestacks. Or maybe brewing stacks, but... Okay. I, I wanted to mention that, but we were talking with uh, John last week, and uh didn't quite come John up. Was, John was... It was great to have him on. He was an interesting guest, It was. Sure. Yeah, it was. You know, it was funny. I didn't take any offense, but, you know, I met him once before, but, you know, he does... Probably 150 beer events a year, right? Uh-huh. And it's been several years. So, you know, it's just one of those things where, like, you know. Uh, well, how many how many people do you meet versus how many people does he meet? Right. Right. It, right. It's, it's, but, exactly. But, you know, it's, one, it's just one of those things, like, you know. I think he'll remember us now because this is a much different. Oh, that, that he, you know, took part in the. Absolutely. No, he was he was fun. It was. I told Greg afterwards, I'm like, oh, he doesn't pull any punches. Yeah, no, it was, it was definitely fun to have, to have He's a He's probably the most just, straightforward yeah. brewer that we've had on the show. For sure. All right. Hodad. 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 I think it's Hodad. Hodad. Hodor. Hodor IPA. Oh. It smells West Coasty. It does. Do we have a date? The, no, on the bottom of the can, it says non-participation award. <laughs> Wait, haven't we seen that before? I feel like I've seen that before. Maybe we've we heard that before. Maybe we had have another kindred a couple weeks ago. I don't Maybe. know. It smells a little dank, a little, a little, uh, a little sulfury. Yeah, it has kind of that combination of kind of a a more you know it's a it's a blend to me you know I would call this you know some Cascade and some uh, Simcoe or something like that right it has this kind of darker fruitiness to it um, that's pretty good. That's a that's a real um, kind of Cinco huh. Amarillo thing that's going on there. Yeah. Um, they're playing very well together. Uh, they're still a bit sulfury, but in, in, a, a, in a decent a way. Really, 
it has like a lemon lime thing going on in there or something. Like it reminds me of a sports drink, like a Gatorade or something like that. You know when you when you first said it, I didn't get it, and then when you said sports drink, there was like a little thing in the back of my tongue. Like he's right, <laughs> and there's something. Yeah, there's something a little sports drinky, um, a little yeah Gatorade like. Um, Probably the orange Gatorade, but like, I mean, we're just talking about like a nuance, not like straight on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gatorade. You wouldn't, I would have noticed it if you hadn't pointed it out. Uh, it's interesting. Um, I don't know, but the orange Gatorade, I think I've only really had like the lemon lime and probably like berry blast or something like that. Uh, and I haven't had Gatorade. Yeah. God. <laughs> I probably haven't had orange Gatorade in 15 years. It's, I mean, it's just sugar. <laughs> it, it, it's right. like almost worse. I mean, almost worse than cola from what I understand. Yeah. So this one has, you know, a nice. So, you know, we're talking about this Gatorade sports drink thing. So that means there's a nice sweetness coming through here. And the body, the, the malt part of the beer, I think, is providing some of the sweetness. But it's it's a medium to light, medium light body, and I feel like the hops. Remember when we used to use the phrase "man candy," where the hops would provide the kind of a candied uh, citrus sweetness to it. I think we're getting some of that as well. Now, if anything, the platform was much more sort of candy-like to me than than this is. I, I kind of would disagree with the with the man candy designation because because that to me was was a combination of a sweetness of malt along with the hops, uh, and the malt I feel here is much more. Cracker like, okay. Uh, a playing um, more of a contrasting role. Okay. Yeah, this is the Kindred Hodad IPA. Or at least a, a different plat, not not a very not a super sweet platform. Um. But I, I think this is kind of a one of those Simcoe Amarillo combinations that works. Mm-hmm. Um, the it, it doesn't feel excessively sulfury. It feels like a nice fruity, um, slightly uh, maybe slightly candied fruit. Maybe that's where that you're you're getting at. Um, no, yeah, I mean that's what I was getting at. Yeah. Uh, but you could be right. It could be coming from the the malt and not just from like the the candied hops type flavored. It's pretty good. Yeah, it stays away from onion or dank, really. Mm-hmm. You, you get kind of just a rich... And it's not really like... It's not... It's not like any particular type of orange. You know, it's just kind of a nebulous, fruity, citrusy flavor. Yeah. Yeah. It's good, though. I dig it. All right. Well, someone sent this in? Yes. Kyle, I, th- I hope. <laughs> I'll, I'll double check here in a sec. Okay, so Candon 2.5. This is a beer from Trill. Oh, shit. Look, there's oysters on the label. Oh, <laughs> we, we should have. Well, now I'm glad we didn't have this, you know. Right. This is vicinity double IPA from Trillium. And we just shuck some oysters, and the label has a shucked oyster with a shucking knife. 
and uh, oysters are split open. Does not have Kevlar gloves like we had them. Those were nice. Eight percent alcohol by volume. The malts are Pilsner, flaked wheat, dextrin, dextrose, and C fifteen. Hops are Galaxy, yeah. Citra, and Columbus. The crowd goes wild. It's got uh, it's a nice hazy IPA like you would expect from Trillium. Hopefully, there's no can stratification. I I basically poured it into each of our glasses at four different points. Brewed in Massachusetts. So it's cel- it's a celebration of the first anniversary of Row Thirty Four, their favorite Fort Port Point Oyster Bar and craft beer purveyor. So it's. What the bar does, yeah, Massachusetts, you know, that next, area. Next time you're up there, you're gonna bars. have to look for that place. I will. I will have to. Um. All right. So this beer pours hazy IPA. You get a thick, kind of milky, murky body to, or not body, but uh, visual to it. The head kind of falls down real quick. You move on to the nose. The nose is interesting because you smell that kind of hazy thing where you're getting kind of the the um, creamy, but there's there's some dankness in here. You know, it is it's a little oniony. It's that Columbus, Columbus, because right? I mean, it's got Citra and Columbus, and I think the Columbus can can go dank. Well, Citra can go dank too. There's there's like green onions it, and it, Galaxy has. I mean, Galaxy stays pretty bright. Galaxy doesn't go dank. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's almost leaning. Mosaic can. It's almost can. leaning. We talked about Dorian last week, but this one is kind of leaning Dorian for me a little bit. Not for me, but there's definitely some sulfury notes. Mm-hmm. Well, it got the texture down for for a um, Northeast IPA for sure. It's a little more dank than than, than expected, but. Mm-hmm. Um, But that's okay. It still, it still doesn't go over bitter, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's uh, yeah. So it's, it's a little more earthy, almost. It's a little more like. Uh, See, this one has. I feel this one has a significant laying on your tongue bitterness. There's like an alpha alpha acid burn on my tongue, almost like really? what you get from a wet hop beer. Yeah, there is. Yes, I agree. But I don't get the. At least I'm not getting the same kind of bitterness like I got from the platform or, or that I got from uh, the field work. Maybe if I give it, maybe if I just let it have some more time. Um, yeah, so, I mean, this one feels like it was dry, oh, dry hopped okay. so much is. that when I take a sip, I get this, like, burn on my top of my tongue that is kind yeah, of... Yeah, like, there it is. Now it's starting to come. That That's new, right? That's not a Northeast IPA thing that I'm used to. Yeah. Uh, getting a little bit of a, of a bitter... Uh, after note it's kind of you know different from what we've been what our idea yes of the style is that's the next big thing harvest ipa or harvest northeast ipas <laughs> where they're wet hopping the things always looking for the next big thing um so, I had to say since, the next big my, thing I, like from from this show, if I had to say the next big thing, I'd say Calypso hops. I'd say, man, get on that train. 
I think we've had a few clips of those, but this is the one that's really like yeah. rang our bell. That platform was good, yeah. Let's get back into this Trillium. Yeah, so it is a bitter beer, but I don't want to say that you know that's going to. It's still it's still northeast in, in its um, in its overall kind of quality, but it does it does <coughs> lay a little bit of bitterness on more than than I was <coughs> expecting. We don't have our, uh, yeah, our I, mute buttons here. I had to pack <laughs> everything up, and I feel like for the one at that point it was one show. I figured we didn't need to put the cough yeah. buttons in, but yeah, we're gonna move back to Studio A next week. Yep. I mean, I do like how this thing has that kind of wet hopped type of flavor to it. It gives it a more grassy, but you know, it's not just grassy. It's, um, it's the, it, it's that stickiness, pine- like, the, the, like sticky yeah. notes that you get from a fresh hop. Yeah. It's kind of mostly pineapple. It has a little bit of mandarin orange and a little bit of grapefruit in there as well. And it gives you a, a, a decent alpha acid burn on your tongue. And now that I'm getting acclimated to it, the, the lingering bitterness is not as apparent as it was at first. This is the vicinity from Trillium. Any particular... Uh, could you imagine this doing anything with, with the oysters? I don't think this is going to particularly um, do anything special. Yeah. I don't think it's going to either go poorly or great with it. It's just, I think they're... Um, I mean, oysters are great. This beer is pretty good. You mm-hmm. know, I think that yeah, you'd have a good time consuming them together, but they really right. don't complement each other. Yeah. I think the kind of the alpha acid burn might kind of numb your tongue to some of the nuance of an oyster. Possibly. The same way that some of the uh, uh, condiments that, that I was using. Yeah, yeah. I, I had, uh, let's see. Um, yeah, cocktail sauce. Cocktail lemons. sauce, lemon, and malt vinegar was what I used. I never tried malt vinegar before. That was an interesting one. But even, I don't know, in my opinion, even using any of those in a small degree was still muting and taking away kind of the nuance and some of the brackishness of of the oysters. I think a little lemon for especially for the, for the really uh, briny ones helped. The first one where I we had a, a coffee stout, a local Pittsburgh coffee stout we we're drinking before then. And for one of them, the one before the one that was spoiled, I poured just a tiny couple drops of it. That was a pretty neat thing. The maltiness mm. of the beer kind of brought some things out of the oyster. I guess it's time to get on to the ranking, eh? I believe it is. All right. I'm writing down my notes here. A lot of good beers tonight. Yeah, there there was there was a good selection. Different, different, which I always like. Yeah. Boop. Boop, boop, boopity, bop. 
All right. I, I know the bottom. I'll figure out the top as I go. I'll put the Althea from Fieldwork in last place. Uh, it was an interesting beer. It just it seemed like it was overhopped, and it yeah. kind of took away from the uh, you know what I wanted out of a table beer. The bitterness started to build on it. I'll put the North High in fifth place. It you know wasn't what it was pretending to be, which was a classic German style Hefeweizen. But there might be something behind doing a kettle soured Hefeweizen with the big banana yeast. I think the tartness from what seemed like like a lacto infection uh, worked well with the super estery yeast that they used on that thing because there really wasn't any phenolics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, there wasn't much clove or pepper or stuff on that beer. It smelled all like circus peanuts, and having that tartness from, you know, the the lacto, kind of made that a, an interesting beer. It's hard for me to move it too much higher because they're not saying that's what the beer was. Right. I'm going to the top four. I'm a big fan of all of these. I I think I'm going to put this trillium in fourth place. It, uh, I liked it. It's, it kind of breaks the, it kind of blends the Northeast style IPA with the phase mm-hmm. two IPAs and brings in some of that more, um, Simcoe Amarillo type flavors. Excuse me. It doesn't use those. I mean, somehow it managed to get them. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's a great cross and is it my favorite Northeast IPA? No. No. But. Is there anything wrong with it? It ain't Lou. It ain't Lou. It ain't no Lou. <laughs> Lou is uh, the Brew Gentleman's uh, double Northeast IPA that they do for Ales for ALS. And man, that's a good one. I'm going to put the Kindred Hodad, Hodad, Hodad IPA in third place. This one had a really nice classic flavor where you had the malt bringing the sweetness you had the hops kind of doing that was one that we thought was probably a Simcoe Amarillo right yeah yeah and and that one just had a more dank smell but the flavor was staying away from the dank staying away from the onions for the most part um because I got definitely more onion in the trillium and I you know for a brewery that we really don't know much about that was a pretty good IPA but the fieldwork text book in second place i yeah i think i'll stick with that i'll put that in the second place this beer was just inviting from beginning to end sure was i i love this beer it was hard i said it was hard to talk about then i talked about it a lot yeah so (laughs) i don't know what that means it was hard to find the words but i could definitely gush about how much i enjoyed drinking the beer and then I'm gonna put the platform in first place. It's just the the berry, the berries and cream flavor in that. That was the noteworthy thing. That's the thing I'll remember about this show, you know, tomorrow morning. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, it just I'm a fan of platform. I'm a fan of what they do. But you know, I love this this project where they did the calypso and the lime zest. It just it's a really good beer. So my rankings are slightly different. Uh, in but but similar in sixth place, gonna put the Athea. I just think it was way too over hot for a table beer. Um, that 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 lingering bitterness 
was kind of a theme of some of the beers of the show that um, that made me dislike them more than I than than I would have wanted. Like there there was a lot that I think none of these were bad, and I think that there's a lot to like in in that beer. But then it it gives me this ending that it sours me on it. And that was the case with the North High, where it gives me this sort of ending where it, that sours me on it with this tanginess. And that was also the case with the Platform, where it gives me this ending, this bitter ending, that even though I really enjoyed the that berry flavor, that bitter ending soured me on, on the rest of the year. So the mm-hmm. Silver Going Out, the in sixth place, North High in fifth place, Platform in fourth. Then we have this Trillium, which though it ends bitter, has some really nice qualities to it it's northeast ipa that gives it a leg up uh and it's it 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 works it's a little more better than i expected but it's still great Uh, i'm gonna put the hodad in second place uh because i really enjoyed what it was doing it was kind of an amarillo simcoe mix that works Mm -hmm. there's magic that happens when you mix those two together sometimes uh and yeah i mean it's crazy right because they can be a caddy sulfury oniony mess Uh uh-huh or they can make magic. Yeah. Who knows? But so here's here's a weird one. I don't know if this has happened before, but we had the same brewery that is last place and first place for me. The textbook <laughs> is for me, I think, the number one. I really enjoyed that. It was dry, it got out of the way. And I think maybe it may be part of the session that these other beers didn't. Mm-hmm. Like half the beers did not get out of the way, and that's yeah. part of why I'm I'm putting the textbook up. There. I mean, you're still like that this trillium is like laying heavy on our tongue. Mm-hmm. We haven't had to sip in like three minutes, you know. But it doesn't lay on my tongue in the same way. It doesn't feel like a, a like a sharpness that, okay. that that's there. It feels more like I mean I'm getting a lingering flavor, but I'm not getting a lingering just like just bitter, just bitter, bitter. Yeah, you're so bitter. Yeah. So that that is my ranking, and that's it. All right. Put me in, coach. Oh, we'll get that one. I'm ready to play. Uh, Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. You visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. If you would like to contact us, you can. John Fogarty with Center Field, for those who are wondering. That's the name of the song. Baseball, man. Baseball! Baseball! Uh, if you want to email us, we uh, get emails at the address of beer. At Thanks to everyone who, by the way, who emailed us or tweeted us. Yo. Yo jerks. Or, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> we're just going to have this like long string. We're going to keep a, like, appending stuff to it. So, like, okay, yo jerks. All right, all right, all right. What's, what's the next thing to append? You think about it while I finish yeah. this stuff. All right. If you want to tweet, tweet us at Craft Beer Radio, I am at Jeff Bear. At CBR Greg. And uh, John Fogarty is probably at John Fogarty. So if you want to send him a tweet, say, put me in coach. So that's uh, okay. Put me in coach. <laughs> send go. us put me in coach. <laughs> put me in coach. All right. Thanks, everyone. Bye.